Welcome to Answers from Antioch. You have joined us at the intersection of God's Word and today's world. This broadcast is brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Join us as we examine information that impacts the church, the Christian, and the Christian home. Hello, everyone. Thanks so very much for tuning in today, and I am so honored to be your guest. I'm glad you're with me and glad we have some time. My co-host, Pastor Josh Davis, is with us as well, and we are excited that we have a little time with you. And certainly, as we take God's Word and look through the lens of the Bible at what's happening around us, we can always be correctly informed, we can be enlightened and inspired and encouraged taking God's Word and looking at our current events and our own situations personally and the things happening around us. That's what we do on Answers from Antioch. So glad you're here and part of us. Now, a few things to share with you today I think is very important. First of all, some uh, good news that I was reading coming out of Washington, D.C., there's not a lot of good news. I'm sorry, I couldn't help but say that. There's a lot, not a lot of good news coming out of Washington, D.C., but there is really. Uh, I was reading where that the uh, Congressional Prayer Caucus, which our own uh, congressman, former Congressman Rowe, was part of and actually was the leader and the head of it for a long time there, uh, that Prayer Caucus, seven of those members went into uh, the co- halls of Congress, and knelt down in prayer, taking their Bibles with them, claiming the Word of God, and asking God to move in a powerful way to nominate the Speaker of the House. And right after they prayed, right after they did that, then they were so blessed that the Speaker of the House was nominated and it carried through. But no one would ever tell you that it was the group, seven of those members of this prayer caucus, that got that going. That was the group. And can I say to every one of us, what a blessing to have folks up there that are praying, and we should be praying for them and asking God to work in a special way to bind the forces of evil and to give victory to those who are believers. There's some true Christians there in the halls of Congress and in the Senate, and I'm glad to say that. Isn't that good news? We say amen to that. Well, that's the good news. Now, here's some things as we look through the lens of the Bible that uh, we realize are not what we would hope it would be. A recent Barna study shows that 37%, only 37% of Protestant pastors, that's across all the lines of Protestantism, only 37% have a biblical worldview. I could hardly believe that. Surely more than that. Oh no, but about a third of those in Protestantism of the pastors have a biblical worldview, only 37%. And then, then over 50%, over 50% of evangelical pastors do not have a biblical worldview. Ladies and gentlemen, what on earth are they teaching? What has happened? Why are they letting go? Is there any wonder our culture is being destroyed? Our young people, the minds of our children, our young people, uh, they now have released uh, information that says by the time 
a child is 12 years old, they've already viewed pornography. By the time of 12 years old, they already have. The Internet has thrown it into their minds and already sexualized our children by the age of 12. Uh, Where is the statements from the pulpit? Where's such crying out and saying, avoid this, here's the truth? Uh, What has happened is, across Protestantism and Evangelicalism, across them is exactly what John warned us about in 2 John. Now remember, John is the last writer of the New Testament. He writes to us in such a personal family way. 1 John is a very intimate family book, it seems like, and I love it. And and 2 and 3 John, written in that family atmosphere. I don't think, uh, other than the Song of Solomon, uh, that there's uh, any other books in the Bible as intimate as 1 John, 2 and 3 John, and, and the Song of Solomon. And in 2 John, he warns us of what is happening today. He said in verse 7, Many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver, an antichrist. Notice this. The spirit of the antichrist is in these individuals. Uh, Those uh, 63% of Protestant leaders that do not have a biblical worldview, the spirit of the antichrist is in them. Those 50% or more of evangelical pastors do not have a biblical worldview that do not have uh, that spirit of the Antichrist is entered into them. They have been deceived themselves. And the word deceiver there means uh, imposter or someone that is there that is misleading and guiding and lying. Now, we know, we know completely that Satan is the deceiver. He is the liar. He is the one that is always lying and deceiving. He's the father of it. He's the father of murderers as well. We know that in Satan. We understand that. And we know that he's the one that's filling these airwaves. Please understand where we are today, ladies and gentlemen. And he warns us about this. And then in verse number eight, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, which we have worked for, which has been worked for and given to us, or can we say worked for and we received as an inheritance. Don't let these go. Look to yourselves that we lose not. And the very thought there is to throw it away. It's not that you accidentally lose it. It's that you throw it away. Why? you? Because you have believed the lies of Satan and thrown away the truth of Jesus. And that's what's happened across Protestant pulpits and evangelical pulpits is they've thrown away the truth of Jesus. They've listened to deceivers and the lies and the imposters and the counterfeiters and all of this. They've thrown that away. And they have not kept that. And the lies of the devil has filled their mind. Breaks my heart. When such a poll is received that only 37% of Protestant pastors have a biblical worldview and uh, 50% or less of evangelical pastors have a biblical worldview. Where are we going? What are we teaching our people? What are they hearing from us? If I say us, I'm not one of these, neither is Pastor Josh. We truly believe God's Word. We enforce God's Word. 
We impart God's Word, and that's what we all should be doing. That's what every believer should be doing as well. But as we look to ourselves, let's examine ourselves. Uh, Proverbs cautions us to guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. Guarding our heart, watching our heart. Now, heart speaks of your intellect, your emotions, your will. It's not this physical heart that's within our bodies that pumps our blood. No, the heart, as it's described in the Scriptures, is the intellect, the emotions, the will. It is that which uh, guides us and directs us and speaks through us. It is everything that we are when the Bible speaks of heart. And he says, Proverbs tells us clearly, guard it. And that's really what Second John is saying here too. Look to yourselves that you don't lose those things which you've worked for, which you have received or others have worked for, which you've inherited. Don't let that go. Don't throw that away. What can that be, preacher? Well, the truth of God's Word is, of course, the most important thing. The biblical worldview is the worldview from God's perspective. Don't throw that away. Don't throw away your joy and your peace because Satan's lies never bring joy and peace. He is a deceiver from the beginning, a liar from the beginning, a murderer from the beginning, and the demon murderers are out there everywhere. Those demons who are speaking lies to people to commit murder, those demons that's influenced people to commit suicide, these demons are out there, my friend. Satan is the father of it all, and those demon spirits are there and influencing individuals to not believe God's Word. Throw away the Word of God. But let's look to ourselves that we do not lose those things because we won't receive the full reward. And what's the full reward? Well, the peace that we can have right now, the peace with God, the peace of God. We're told to be anxious or worried about nothing. In Philippians 4, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known uh, and to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what we have. That's one of the rewards. There's so many more that we have. Peace, joy, comfort, eternal life, everlasting life. Well, more and more we could say. But here's a caution out of Second John. Let's look to ourselves that we not listen. We will not listen to the lies of the devil. We will not exchange the lies of Satan for the truth of God's Word. We won't listen to the deceivers, the imposters, those folks out there that are speaking lies influenced by the demon themselves. We will not listen to that. Now, how? Do I do that? I'm glad you asked. Ephesians chapter number 6 tells us to put on the whole armor of God. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I as believers, we have to have the entire armor of God. We must have it. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Ephesians 6 and 12 tells us. And so he says, 
We wrestle against powers, that's demonic powers, principalities, that is demonic leadership, a hierarchy of demon leadership across cities and states and nations. We're wrestling against them. Spiritual wickedness in high or heavenly places, he goes on to say. The rulers of darkness of this world, that's who we're fighting against. And he says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. Put it on. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Notice this. I'm talking about how we can protect our minds and how we cannot uh, reach this place that Second John warns us of where we have thrown away the truth. We've thrown away the wonderful peace and joy that's in Christ because we won't have the Word of God. I'm talking about how do we do that? Put on the whole armor of God. Look what he says. First of all, take the girdle of truth, which that girdle of truth is the first piece we should put on because that particular piece of the armor on a Roman soldier would actually uh, hold the rest of the armor together was the truth. So take the girdle of truth first. You must have that or the rest of the armor won't work. Put on the girdle of truth and then notice this. He said also, take the breastplate of righteousness. That breastplate covered both the front and the back. So you take the breastplate of righteousness. You've got the girdle of truth on. You attach that breastplate of righteousness. And then you can put the feet, your shoes on, which is the gospel of peace. Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You take the shield of faith where you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and the helmet of salvation. Now, each one of these deserves a lot of information. We don't have time for that in my portion here. But let me say, by faith, each day we can ask our Lord to give us and clothe us with the girdle of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We will take the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit. We can do that by faith every day in prayer, and our Lord will do that. Well, Pastor Josh is coming now to share some very important information with us, and you'll enjoy what he has to say. Thank you, Pastor Brad, and thank you to our dear listeners. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Answers from Antioch, brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. We invite you to connect with us on our website, antiochbristol.com. There you can listen to past episodes of this program. You can find upcoming events. You can find our services that are archived there. You can listen to our preaching or watch those service videos as well. So all of that can be found at AntiochBristol.com. We also extend an invitation to you for our upcoming Jubilee Revival Meeting. It's going to be a fantastic uh, week of meetings. It begins on Sunday, February the 5th, and goes through Wednesday, February the 8th. And more information about that can also be found on our website or by reaching out to us by phone, 276 669 4030. I'm going to continue some of the thoughts that Pastor Brad was speaking about 
but I'll take it in a slightly different direction. In Revelation chapter 13, it describes the one world system that will be upon this earth during the time of the seven-year tribulation. And it'll be a one-world government, one-world monetary system. The mark of the beast comes into play there as people cannot buy or sell unless they're using the system of the Antichrist and using that payment system. But also, not only will it be one-world government, one-world finances, but it'll also be a one-world worship And this was always one that was a head-scratcher to me until I did some more research and digging and discovered some things that I want to share with you that show how we are moving toward a one-world worship. And the object of the worship has been the thing that's always puzzled me. Out of Revelation 13 and verse 4, "...and they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast." The dragon is a reference to Satan. And the beast is a reference to the Antichrist. And so you have the Satan, and you also have the Antichrist, and you also have the false prophet. Everything that God sets up, Satan tries to duplicate or to mimic, but he cannot do it. So we have the Trinity. Now we have the unholy Trinity, Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet prophet. And so we see that these three act as that unholy trinity, and they are the objects of worship. And they worship the dragon, which gave power to the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? There are given with him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty-two months." He opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And so I've always wondered, why is Satan the object of worship? How could he become the object of worship during the tribulation time? And we believe and we hold to a premillennial view of the rapture of the church and that the church is in heaven during this tribulation time. And I'm going to come back to my larger question in just a second, but let me illustrate the premillennial rapture with this wonderful illustration. Why would God allow his church to go through the tribulation period? You know, if I am taking my wife out on a date, would I push her down into the mud and after she's fixed her hair and got all dressed up and everything else, would I push her down and make her suffer before I take her to that special place that I want her to enjoy for eternity with me once and for all? No, of course not. Why would God do that to his children? Why would he push us down in the proverbial mud of the tribulation? The Bible says we are not appointed unto wrath, but to attain mercy and we know that God has not appointed us to wrath. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 speaks about being caught up to be with the Lord and that is before the time of the tribulation. And so the church is in heaven at this time. So that's one of the reasons that people would turn to the worship of other beings. The church is not here and so that leaves a tremendous vacuum for the object of worship. Uh, But we see some numbers and some things that are happening even in America. 
to prime the pump, if you will, getting us ready for this time of the end. If you look at the U.S. census data from 1990, those who identified as Wiccan were about 8,000 strong. Fast forward to 2008, that number skyrockets to well over 300,000 people identifying as Wiccan in America. Then you go to 2014, not the census data, but a Pew Research data report that suggests the number was about a million strong. So you're talking about between 1990, going from 8,000 Wiccans in America, to 2014, where you got right around a million. And just some anecdotal data that I've found that has suggested that since COVID, the crowds are larger at the gatherings of Wiccans and witchcraft is on the rise. They say that some of the trinkets and things that are sold that are are becoming more and more commonplace at any business that you walk into, any retail establishment, our bookstores are putting more and more paraphernalia, books, and and resources uh, towards the occult, towards witchcraft, towards New Age material. It's taking over landscape in our bookstores all over the place. And they say that since COVID, there has been a real push towards these things. And so that's an angle of COVID and what happened in 2020 and what has happened since that very few people are talking about and very few people are raising awareness to the rise of the occult here in America. How will people incorporate the worship of Satan in the last times? We're seeing it happen right here in America over the last 30 plus years. You're talking about moving from 8,000 Wiccans to well over a million, perhaps north of two million. We will have to wait and see what the numbers bear out with some of the later and uh, census data as that information is revealed. So we see that people are buying these lies hook, line, and sinker. They are buying into it with everything because what's the appeal? You know, why would people want to do these kinds of things? Is it because they love the devil? No, it's because they love themselves. And if you come along with a religion that says, you be you, you get to decide, you get to choose, you get to be whomever you want to be. We are not here to tell you that you're wrong. We are not here to cast judgment on you. We're not here to say anything whatsoever about sin. In fact, it's the polar opposite. It's eat, drink, be merry, enjoy yourself, enjoy your sin, live any way that you want to, and mix in a little bit of the spiritual, have a little bit of fun with it, you know, the magic spells and the potions and some of these things that people consider to be harmless, quote-unquote harmless things, and we can just be involved in, we can just get caught up in, and it's just a little bit of hocus-pocus. It's, it's white magic. It's, it's not a big deal. You know, the New Age crystals are so popular. Oh, it's just, a, it's just a crystal. It's just a, you know, it's just like a piece of jewelry. But people are taking that and using it in 
can I dare say, demonic ways. I've heard of people who use those to bring healing, physical healing into their bodies, dropping it in a glass of water and letting it soak for so long and then drinking the water and experiencing some kind of healing. What kind of healing are they really receiving makes me uh, question these things. I say, oh, it's, it's just superstitious stuff. It's, you know, it's, it's fairy tales, and we know that it's fairy tales. We don't bow down to some statue of the devil. Friend, as Pastor Brad was saying, that's how he gets a foothold in our lives. He doesn't come to us with his red horns and his pitchfork as all these caricatures portray the devil as with glowing eyes and a snarling face with teeth that want to devour us. I mean, we would all run scared if he appeared to us that way. Did he appear to Adam and Eve in that kind of form in the Garden of Eden? and others throughout Scripture. The Bible clearly tells us that Satan can appear as an angel of light. He can be so believable. And yes, perhaps people are somewhat gullible, but they have bought other lies, and then they buy more lies, and they buy more lies, and they buy more lies, and before you know it, we are where we are right now. We have slid so far away from God We have slid so far away from morality that God is letting us experience the natural consequences of these things. And Satan is there calling them to the dark side, if you will. And I'm not preaching a dualism that says Satan and God are equally in power. That's not my message at all. And I'm not even trying to suggest that Satan has the upper hand on God in this moment. He does not. He is a defeated foe, but I am trying to warn you about his tactics, about what's going on in our world around us, the direction that our nation is going, and how easily people can buy into these things. Our culture is filled with TV shows, movies, other kinds of things online that glorify witchcraft and the occult and the satanic and Wicca, and all these things. And it's being promoted as being innocent, as being harmless, as being seductive, as being appealing, as being alluring, as even being sexy, if we can use that word, that people are being drawn into this because their their lust, their sin, their desires say, it's just child's play. It's nothing harmless. It's, it's, it's completely harmless. We can enjoy this. We can watch this. And before you know it, your thinking changes, your attitude changes, your beliefs change, and you're drifting, and you're drifting, and you're drifting further and further away from God, closer and closer and closer to the occult, to Satan, to these wicked things. And so the solution is to run to Jesus Christ, to turn away from darkness, to turn to His glorious light. The closer you come to Him, the clearer the deception will be, and it will be much easier for you to pass over those things, to get away from those things. And I encourage you strongly, get away from those things even now. If you find yourself drawn to those kinds of things, or you find that appealing, if you find that alluring, stop and pray, and seek God, and ask Him to deliver you from that, and to help you to get out of that stronghold that it has upon your life. Freedom, true freedom, 
is found not in pursuing your lusts, your desires, your wants. That's the way to bondage. That's the way to the chains of slavery. But true freedom is only found in Jesus Christ. Our world is searching for freedom, for salvation, for deliverance in all the wrong places. They're looking to the world. They're looking to the flesh. Now they're looking to the devil. But it is only found in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Turn to him to find life. Turn to him to find light. Turn to him to find freedom from the chains that bind you. Thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to visit our website at antiochbristol.com. There you will find many ways to contact us and connect with us and so much more. Until next time, stand firm in Jesus' truth.